Welcome back, Better Every Day podcast listeners. This is Brad Weems, your host. I just got done. Um, we're testing a one rep max here at the gym today on back squat. And uh, we've been out there screaming, and it's been a hype fest. So if my throat sounds funny today, that's what's going on. But I am today here with Thunder Valley head coach, uh, my brother. Um, dang, the accolades could go on forever. I'm here with Josh King. What's up, everybody? Uh, Yeah. So, anyway, it's crazy. I've done – I've been on the mic like 60-plus times and have never talked to Josh. And so, uh, brought this up about a month ago, and here we are hanging out today. Now, Josh has got some big news. Um, He just yesterday announced uh, that he'll be taking his talents to Knoxville, as LeBron would say. (laughs) And uh, be working down there. He he notified the members in our private Facebook group. Kind of kept it vague, though. Um, so I want to go ahead and talk a little more about what exactly you are going to be doing. And um, why you felt like it was the right decision to move on from us at Thunder Valley after 10 years. Uh, so I'll go ahead and let you take it off from there. So... Where to start? Hmm. I wasn't necessarily uh, looking for a new job. Uh, it's kind of just, you know, out of the blue. It's like, hey, um, well, first off, let me back up. The The new job I'm taking is a head coach position at the CrossFit One Valley in Knoxville. And uh, like I said, wasn't looking for anything out of the blue. Um, Chase, the owner, he messaged me. He was like, hey, are you interested in a uh, head coach position? And um, I was like, you know, what do you, what do you have? What do you have in mind? And uh, Real quick, Josh, for those that don't know Chase, can you like give a little insight on like who he is and why this is such a good opportunity? So he is – I don't know exactly remember how he's related to him. But he's related to Rich Froning, um, and he owns his own gym. Um, he was on Rich's uh, second to last year's. I think I read in his bio, the 2021. 2021 CrossFit team. Games teams, yeah. Um, and he's been a part of uh, the Mayhem crew and their squad as far as competing in the CrossFit Games for a couple of years now. And... Uh, yeah, he um, he's a good guy. Um, and then back to, to CrossFit One Valley, he's – I won't say he's done competing because um, I don't know his, his side of the story, but he's definitely wanting to, to gear his focus into the business. And uh, like I said, he reached out to me and kind of gave me um, a few opportunities there. And, you know, I kind of looked at it and discussed it with my wife, Jackie Kate, and – it was a very hard decision to to, to be honest. Uh, I've, like I've, like Brad's talking about, I've been here for quite some time. Uh, in my teen years, you know, turning eighteen, turning twenty one, getting married, um, you know, shared a lot of uh, a lot of experiences and a lot of memories. And uh, you know, I've been through. With the gym, as far as growing and moving locations and everything, and and wanting to grow with Thunder Valley, and uh, 
yeah, it was, it's a, and, and you know, Josh, like, um, naturally I was like disappointed whenever, uh, you made the decision to, um, take the job, but man, I cannot be upset because first of all, it just, it's a testament to your growth as an individual, a coach, a person, um, it's a compliment to Chris and I that you're getting seeked out by someone that's direct bloodline of Rich Froning, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think this is a great opportunity and uh, I am just real excited about your future there and like what that looks like. So, um, dude, I can't be mad at all because uh, you're, you're doing big things. So, um yeah, I appreciate it. And, and, you know, I, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity that you all gave to me back in 20, 2012, 2013, something like that. Um, funny story, I know that you, you said that uh, you didn't want to hire me at first, but, uh, and then Chris kind of, Chris and Clyde were kind of like, you know, bring this guy on, bring this guy on, and, and you know, here we are, 10 so, years later pretty much. So I think uh, a lot of our members don't really know the the background story with um, you, your development from a, uh, a trainer at Lifestyles to where you're at now. So <laughs> how about, well, let's uh, go back to, heck, what would that have been? 2011, 2012? Yeah. So I'm uh, personal training your cousin, Quan Miltenberger, and I'm, I'm getting him into CrossFit. And then how did you hear about CrossFit and uh, want to, what made you want to start doing that with us or being interested in it? Hmm. I think, I think whenever I started CrossFit or, or done my first wad, um, as some would say it's was with, uh, Rob Stacy. He, um, he came to me and was like, hey, let's let's run a mile or let's do this workout before we go and, and do a bodybuilding sesh. And little did I know I was doing and was doing some sort of Metcon. Mm-hmm. And um and after that, Klein was was like, Hey, Brad programmed this for me, you know, see if what you can do. And uh I was trying to learn butterfly pull ups on a, a little split squat rig pretty much that had a pull up bar on it. Which for you, any of you have never done that, so that's the pull-up handles being apart, and it is, they're typically angled kind of funny, and it is super hard to learn a butterfly pull-up on that. Yeah, very, very hard. Um, and then, I think my first workout was Fran, to be honest, Awful. with him. Yeah, and... Uh, what was your time? Shoot, I don't even remember. I think it was like in the 12 minutes. It's supposed to be like a five. Yeah, sub five. Sub five. And uh, I remember doing thrusters, and I was hating life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember it hurting as bad as when skills evolved. So the, as you get better in, in CrossFit, you definitely uh, hurt a little worse because <laughs> you can push a lot harder for sure. Well, I mean, um, that's 90 reps. And if you did a 12-minute for that's 720 seconds. You were doing one rep every eight seconds. So, yeah, that's not going to hurt too bad. No, not at all. And it wasn't the thrusters I don't remember that hurt the most. is the pull-ups. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite early members, uh, memories uh, of Josh is uh, I was helping him learn to hang clean. 
it was in a squat rack at Lifestyles, and uh, we had an empty bar out there just like yep. practicing our positions. And so, like, even to this day, I joke around with people and I, t- I tell them, you know, I haven't beat Josh at a workout since about 2014. I tell everybody, I'm like, I've taught him everything he knows to this point. So maybe just a hand clean, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, man. Just but, just to, to reflect on that, it's, it's just crazy of how um, you can progress so much. Well, you were tiny then. I mean, what were you weighing? 150? You know, I think, uh, yeah, I think I was about 150, 155. Yeah. I, was at, I was at my smallest because beforehand I was uh, pretty chunky. Yeah, uh, for you people that yeah. see Josh today and what he looks like, he actually was overweight at one point. Yeah. Lost weight and then has added muscle to where he's at now. So, <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was like 205, 5758. Five, That's no muscle. No muscle. Just, uh, Little gamer, Asian boy, and uh, playing basketball every now and then. So let's keep fast-forwarding the story. So uh, we end up opening Thunder Valley January 2nd, 2013, by the way. Ten-year anniversary is coming up uh, in roughly 50-something days. And that will serve as Josh's last day. I asked him. I was like, that would be bittersweet. So uh, I want you guys to pack out the house on January 2nd. But um, to, to keep fast-forwarding things, so – Chris and I opened the gym, and uh, we have his cousin, Klein, that we were speaking of a minute ago, as one of our coaches. And come that fall, Klein uh, decides to go to school at the University of Kansas. And so that kind of gave Josh a segue to look at employment uh, opportunities with us. So um, I know he really pushed Klein, and were you pushing Chris to hire you? Mm, I don't think I ever really pushed any anyone to, to hire me. I know that at the time I was I was working at Lifestyles as a CrossFit coach and a floor trainer, and would come over every set almost every Saturday and work out with you all. Um, Why were you not content with uh, coaching CrossFit over Lifestyles? And I'm not trying to talk anything bad about them, but like. What made you really seek out working with us? Pretty much the the community um, aspect of it. Um, like Easton, I, I didn't like the feel of it being with uh, a global gym, mm-hmm. and you know I don't know if that was because well, I was so young then. Uh, I'm still kind of young now, but I believe whenever I went and visited different boxes or gyms. I had this like garage feel, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a black box deal. And uh, I just didn't have that same look into Easton, even though we were doing Fran, we were doing all the benchmarks and stuff for CrossFit and, and you know, doing everything the same. But at the same time, I wasn't looking at the gym. The it, didn't, same. it didn't have the grungy warehouse yeah. feel. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you all had the, the three bay doors, I remember. Which eventually became five, I yeah, believe. Yeah, we had an expanding, I think, years in or like the spring of 14. Yep. So, yeah, you come on as a coach and then you kind of really start making um, a lot of gains and developing yourself as an athlete. What would you say, 2014? Yeah, 
pretty much about a year after my knee surgery is whenever I kind of went full-fledged into CrossFit. And then we started getting some real good athletes at the gym, uh, and iron sharpens iron. So we had Anton Moton, we had Mark Bailey, we had Chris. Kate uh, Robinson. Yeah, Megan Roberson, yeah. like uh, Maddie. Yeah. Um, but we all really started uh, training hard together, and I think it was that, that 2014 year this is when they had what uh th- the three top guy scores and the three top female scores yeah for a team of six for a team of six uh would represent your your gym's score each week and um i think after everything was said and done individuals accepted their offers at regionals and everything thunder valley was what 10 spots out from making regionals yep so that was the summer we really just all with what oh, I don't even remember what time it was eleven o'clock or something. Yeah, pretty much from eleven to like four, we just did nothing but train. Yeah, nothing um, but train. And all together, it was real cool. Um, but just progressing here. Um, so this is that's a season where we really athletically were um, getting better, and then you go into kind of like that summer fall and that's when um crossfit stacked decides to shut down and um we bring on this whole new group of members and so um i think it was that time like when we started working with steve that and i I think it was us not fulfilling what what happened that 2015 year after we put in or that 14 after we put in all that hard work didn't they like change the numbers of how many teams go to regionals or? Um, I think it, they changed that. And I think they also, I'm, I'm pretty sure they switched to, uh, when did they switch the regionals? Like they got, I want to say that was like 16, 16, 17. Yeah. I know that some of our, uh, female athletes, they, they, they moved away, got different jobs. Um, and that pretty much left us searching for girls for a team to mm-hmm. to, to compete in. I, I think that was uh, a couple of years that we really struggled on. And then, like I said, the uh, CrossFit Games, they, they took away regionals and it went to sanctioned events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was kind of like, so like, like I was saying a minute ago, CrossFit stack closes and we have the surplus of members that come in and then we have a rule change with regionals or whatnot and I think that's kind of when and heck this is around the same time that uh, Ashley's about to have Henry it's kind of when I started shifting my focus towards the business but then you only further accelerated your athletic endeavor because that was like right around the same time that um, this new league grid mm-hmm. came along so talk about that and um, I uh, I really wish that I could experience grid a little bit more i really enjoyed training for it um so if you don't know what grid is it's uh two teams going up against each other with a starting line and a finish line and four quadrants that separate uh, or that split up the field um and you'll have to complete certain things certain tasks at quadrant one quadrant two quadrant three quadrant four before you're a race yeah Yeah. it's a race pretty much and and what was unique about this is crossfit is they want athletes and individuals to be um, well-rounded over broad domains whereas grid went the exact um 
opposite of that. They so you want, could be a specialist for sure. They wanted specialists. They wanted the heaviest lifters. They wanted the people that were cardio freaks and like the high skilled gymnastics individuals. So like I remember, and still to this day, one of the most impressive things you've ever done was uh, they were doing testers to get drafted. Um, and Josh had a tester that was 20 ring muscle-ups for time, which he ended up doing unbroken in what? I think right at 59 seconds. 59 seconds. It was outrageous. So that draft comes along, and let's see. I'm trying to think. What were were the connections for you you and Maddie to be known? Was it the SAGL? SAGL, yeah. So that's a Southern Amateur Grid League. And that was held in South Carolina. Yeah, and so Joe Tabaldi and some of those guys, what they did is they basically were trying to have a farm system to get to know these athletes to possibly draft them because, I mean, the Grid League was on, what, NBC or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at one point they they were on NBC. So, um, anyway, you guys get noticed down there. The draft comes along. And how did that go down again? So, how many athletes were getting drafted, and then where did you and Maddie fall in the draft order? So, the first year I was in the draft, I don't know exactly how many that they drafted. 50? Uh, sounds about right. 50 or 40, something like that. Because um, I think the first year they only had like eight teams. And the first year I missed out, or I made the draft, but I didn't I didn't get selected on the team. And... Um, and at the time, I was I was training with uh, Paul Beckwith for Silverback training, and he was gearing me up there and worked out with Maddie and and, and everything. Definitely got stronger. And in year two, um, I made the drafts again, and and I was the eighth pick for the DC Brawlers. And from there, um, I don't know how to explain. It's kind of I guess. You know, just like if you were on a, a college team or a professional team, I mean, you just – it was kind of speechless at the time that, you know, hard work paid off. And um, with that being said, with me being on D.C. Brawlers, uh, I think it was the whole month of June we were sent out to Utah. And we were practicing with the team and competing weekly pretty much up there for the whole month and a half. And so that was a great gig. Um I mean, you made a nice little... Yeah, I made a nice little paycheck doing that, kind of like a like a professional athlete. and Because um, at the time, wasn't Nike a sponsor of the Grid League? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was their, their second year of sponsoring Grid League. Um, would you say that from an athletic standpoint, that's your biggest accomplishment um, in all your years of CrossFit training? As far as showing something, I, I believe so, yeah. What other things really stand out that were huge accomplishments? I, I think uh, the, a big accomplishment for me is just whenever the games had or the CrossFit Open had regionals and competed in Central East um, and me being like 60 spots out pretty much of um, – qualifying for regionals I think that was a big stepping stone for me but like I said I think the following year after I was that close they did did away with um, regionals and they went to sanctional and stuff like that and I think that was my last year that I actually gave 
um, all that time to, to try and compete individually in um, several of us locally uh, got a team together and qualified for the uh, Mid-Atlantic qualifier in 2019, I think it was. And um, unfortunately wasn't able to to, to go and, and compete there. But Would you say when you were out there um, in that month in Utah, would, would that have been the peak of your athletic journey? I wouldn't say the peak. Um, what the would you, what the would you consider say, the peak? To be honest, I don't think I've ever I've hit it yet. To be honest, because, and I, I say that because there's there's things that I've done now that I'm like, man, there must be like a hidden potential that I haven't like reached. What makes yet. you say that? Um. So, whenever I was competing and trying to uh, get stronger for grid, um. My max snatch was 260, and I hit like a a new a new one rep max of uh, of a low hang, so right below the knee hang squat snatch at 270, and I weighed 185 pounds. And about three weeks ago, um, I was doing a qualifier and I did a workout, and I the workout was 21:15:9 in eight minutes. Or eight minute time cap twenty one fifty nine overhead squats at one thirty five and box jump over the twenty four inches. I completely crapped the bed on performing as far as uh, intensity goes on that workout. But after the eight minute clock, you had an eight minute to find a one rep max, and I hit an easy two sixty, and I haven't been like on a percent strength cycle i've been just going off of rp mm-hmm. and rp is like uh what is it rate perceived exertion and uh kind of just going off a of feel on a lot of my lifts and it's definitely helped with my joints and body uh, feeling more recovered mm-hmm. versus beat down all the time yeah and i think it's kind of led into my body being more fresh coming into to workouts versus you know feeling like you're dragging all the time i was in there training late in that morning and uh i knew you had that met gone and then that snatch and uh, i really just didn't expect you to to hit a pr um after that met con but i saw you slam that bar down and i was like that must have been something good yeah little did yeah. i know it was pr yeah pretty much i mean i haven't hit 260 since uh probably 2015 2016 something like that it's good it's good yeah and then like there's a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago me and chris were just goofing off kind of you know doing a like a 30 minute amrap you go i go like five trick pull-ups uh three burpees one power clean and we built up to 300 pound power clean it's great and it was looking at a 300 pound power clean for me now versus um several years ago it looks more efficient now it might not feel as 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 easy but it's a little definitely more efficient now than it was several years ago i was a little wild out about there so we have athletes especially when we're doing things like today where we have a on one rep max they'll look at their numbers and they'll get in their own head and hit or miss a lift uh based on you know just climbing up towards that number 
would you say that you're one of those athletes that is better just to be moving like you've been doing um, in these two sets you're talking about the past few weeks and then go right into heavy lift? Are you one of, do you think about it and overanalyze your lifts too much at times? I 100% overanalyze everything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I might not seem like I do, but in my head there's a million different voices going in my head. Um, before... When I, was, when I was younger, I used to, to warm up and think I was warm and ready to go, but I was never ready, mm-hmm. truly ready, mm-hmm. um, until after I did a workout. I always, I even play in basketball because I used to play basketball in, in middle school and high school. Um, it always take me at least one game before I'd, I'd feel warmed up and, and ready to go. And, uh, and now I'm actually taking the time to, to warm up, get my heart rate up, get my, my, joints feeling good mm-hmm. and then and then going so i th- I almost think lifting after a, a workout is a little better for me but just depends on on the workout as well yeah on how much it, it causes the body stress without a doubt so um you know you're talking about not hitting your potential yet as an athlete i mean we can only it's almost a guarantee like if you can keep your nutrition good uh working out with chase down in knoxville I mean, a, a CrossFit Games champion is only going to elevate your athletic ability. I mean, how excited are you about that and having him as a training partner? You know, I, I am super excited. Um, I'm not going to commit to saying that I'm going to be back to to trying to uh, compete individually or as a team or anything like that. But the here recently I've been – really enjoying training again i think before where i was putting in so much time i was getting burnt out and it's more of a, a routine versus coming in and doing the workouts with purpose mm. and um i think changing my whole attitude and priorities are uh, definitely reflecting on that and you know like i said you know having fun training it's kind of like starting all over again as far as as far as crossfit stuff goes and uh some days, you know, I might feel beat after, you know, a squat session and I call it a day. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not too big of a deal to call it a day and kind of just listen to the body and, and come back at it again tomorrow. So, yeah, without a doubt. So, um, yeah, so just uh, progressing on with our story. So, uh, we, you know, you, you have this peak of athletic ability. Um, like we talked about, and then we, you, you know, I start focusing, like I said, more on the business, and then we come over to this location we're at right now. We don't have, we've got ten foot ceilings and no wall ball stations, no muscle ups. Um. So, would you say, with me focusing on the business, has it affected your uh, training at all? I mean, you can say yes. It's, I mean, I have to think about, like, I think, when I think of my business, I think of it as my third job. I don't think that it's affected my training too much, but it does affect the capacity, I feel like, as far as, like, if I, I'm not, I'm not good at wall balls. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I can, I can do other movements to kind of uh, stimulate the feeling of a wall ball and, and how it makes me feel and everything. But 
it's yeah it's a little different you know it's they're really the only movement that you have to have accuracy in crossfit mm-hmm. and uh especially like if you're if you can get used to throwing that ball hitting the same spot every single rep and catching it for the most part the same it's 10 times easier mm-hmm. um so if you're if you're not able to do them and then you just get thrown at you know care and 150 wall balls then you probably have so many different mistakes that probably wouldn't happen if you were able to to practice that and uh i mean just like anything else i mean you got to practice your, mm-hmm. your sport pretty much yeah um but as as far as you know fitness goes and you know bettering your lifestyles and making you move better i don't i don't foresee it being a hindrance at all yeah got you um what part of this journey am I missing out on that we, we've talked about that, like, <clears throat> really stands out to you that um, I've not brought up? Um, I think, let's see. So we, we talked about our first location on the Bristol Highway and then on Princeton. Um, really, I think that the overall journey is about our new location is, you know, just being able to program for everybody in the gym um, and sitting down with, with you, Chris, Ben, uh, and Melissa trying to, you know, figure out how we can and, and move the, uh, uh, the, uh, what's what I'm trying to say, the fitness uh, scale. Mm-hmm. Like we can't remake the scale, right? We're just trying to move everybody forward, right? Correct. Um, I think that uh, has definitely helped me as not only an athlete, but also as a, a, a coach and a, a trainer to kind of, you know, even though like the program that I follow is Mayhem Athlete and, you know, that's, that's pretty much a broad programming. Mm-hmm. Um but for me to look at it and figure out like why are they programming it this way and then look at how we're programming for for the gym you know why why are we doing this why are we doing that uh, i think it's helped me understand it from both an athletic or athlete and a trainer um, side of things as well cool um i do not have this script at all i'm just totally shooting <laughs> shooting from the hip but one thing that's really fun that Leighton used to do is he would do a rapid-fire series of questions. And so I thought it would be kind of cool to do that. Yeah, let's, let's do it. All right, so top two favorite exercises. You can only pick two. Only pick two. Uh, probably say handstand walk and snatch. Okay, least favorite exercises. For two? Mm-hmm. Wall balls and sit-ups. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to talk about the sit-ups. <laughs> I used to have this set, uh, three-minute max sit-ups, and this is the whiteboard days. This is like 2013. Yeah. Josh is taking class. There's like 16 people. What we do after you get done with your set, we'll go around the room and uh, ask everybody their score and go around the room. And Josh, like, just came on as a coach. And this, I'm not going to mention names, but 
how old was the end of the lady that that beat you at sit ups by like fifteen or twenty reps? How old was she? She's like she had to have been mid to late fifties. Yeah. And Josh is probably like twenty one at the time. Maybe not even twenty one. No, no I don't think I was twenty one at all. I think so, I was like eighteen, nineteen years old. So when he says sit ups are his least favorite exercise, it's funny to me because the guy can like knock out GHDs like they're nothing. Yeah, I think at the time I had like 40 unbroken total bar and like I would always opt to do total bar or GHDs and uh, the one time I had to do sit-ups crushed yeah, my, yeah my he, he actually did sit-ups like what a month ago would mm-hmm. you do 100 reps yeah and he the next day he came in and was like I'm dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was so sore I, I can do you know 150 GHDs whatever and and same thing with total bar but thanks it is we always said that uh the only lift I have you on is bench press, but I think it might have you on a sit-up race, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, gymnastics, cardio, or weightlifting? Pick one. Gymnastics. Okay. Just because you're great at them? Um, no. Uh, I just I just like uh, the whole... Uh, the whole... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I like how technical they are. They're they're just like the snatch. I mean, you have to be so precise as most, far as most your, people would never think that. But if you've ever seen Josh do any kind of gymnastics movement, he's super efficient in his movements. And I mean, I'd put him right up there with like Alex Smith. I wouldn't go that far, but but I appreciate it. <laughs> You're Asian Alex Smith. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, you know, you know, with with gymnastic movements, I mean, they're so technical. You have to be you have to have body awareness, um, just like anything else. Yeah. Um, dang, I just had a question and I lost it. What was it? I guess it wasn't important. It must have not been important. Uh, biggest pet peeve when you're coaching a class? Talkers. Talkers. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been here 10 years. I feel like the longer you've been here, the less they respect you in class. You feel like that might be the case, or is it your passive personality? Uh, definitely my passive personality. You're up, you're out there like trying to start a class while ago, and everybody's just like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, <laughs> I, it's definitely a passive personality. I, I think I can, uh, I can definitely uh, round up the uh, the class if I need to, but I don't like to. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not too, too fond of that. But no, you're super chill. Like I was telling somebody the other day, like I'm not. I think I've seen you get mad one time in 10 years. And I don't remember what it was for. I should, if, if it's that much of a rarity. But then I bet in 10 years, like you've not, I've not heard you complain 10 times. And so that's something I really appreciate about you. Just how like even kill you are. All yeah, the time. I, I try to. I mean, I, I, I'm one to, to look at both both sides. You know, I can understand, you know, if someone's complaining about something, uh, I can understand where they're coming from, but I can also see, you know, the reason why they're not, or why they, where they should not be complaining, or or whatever. Um, um, I know what I was going to ask you. Pick one, your favorite location that we've been at. Favorite location. Um, hmm, I'd probably say our very first. Very first one. I know the nostalgia of it, especially like with me reposting these pictures. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause and, and we didn't have to clean bathrooms either, <laughs> and the rent was crazy cheap. 
Yeah. I, I really like the first one. I, I just like the uh, the whole picture on the wall that Voltron did. Mm-hmm. That was that was crazy. That was good. Yeah. Um, give me a male and female member that you help helped and like you were most proud of helping. Like for me, I got asked something like this on a podcast. And for me, it was uh, really working with Brian Pearson and him winning the Wilwad. Now, this could just be like one specific day, or it could be like someone that you worked with that has worked out a uh, long time with you. So, can you be a personal training client? Hmm. That's a hard question. Like when you, when you think of like people that you're just super proud of and how far they've come, and you had an impact. There's so many of them, even even personal training clients. I mean, it's just like I've helped them out in so many different ways. Okay, well, I mean, um, you don't have to come up with one. Yeah, I mean, like just you know, say someone who has knee pain, you know, being able to fix their squat and make them squat pain free, or say they have back pain and mm-hmm. being able to to do all that stuff. I mean, it's when you've worked with so many people and impacted so many lives, like yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, you can't just, you know, say that one, but... Any that stand out? Um, Elton John quit playing. <laughs> Travis, is, uh, Travis Gooch is one, and uh, Nicky Giles. Cool. Um... Funniest male and female member we've ever had at Thunderbelly. Funniest. Seth Brown. Really? Seth Brown? Okay. Yeah. He's like me. He's the one that gets picked on all the time. Yeah. And that, that might be why. I don't know. Uh, female. Hmm. Some people say females aren't funny, so this could be a tough one for you. No. I'm going to have to say Sandy Reeves. Sandy Reeves? Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. What else do I got? I might be it. I'm running out of questions. Um, let's do a quick uh, thing on your Instagram. Type a question out, like ask whatever. What do you mean? You think people will respond that quick while we're live here? I don't know, maybe. But when we, right now we can just. Uh... All right, we'll go to Instagram live right now. Yeah. And. Um, do like, what, five minute max? I don't know what time it is. It's 11.48. Yeah, five minute max, boom, close it, boom. Um, but anyway, I mean, let's talk about Knoxville. I mean, you're. In the process of finding a house and whatnot, so yeah, uh, definitely be moving into a bigger city. But um, the right. the area that I've been kind of looking at is like Coryton. I think that's how you say it. And uh, real quick, let me tell uh, Instagram Live what's going on here. Right. So I'm recording a podcast with Josh King right now, and like, we are going to take a couple minutes of listener questions. So if you want to ask Josh anything. He will answer those live on the podcast while we're recording. So maybe not anything, but maybe not <laughs> anything. But go ahead and shoot those in the um, 
comments below and we'll get those shot over to him and ask him while you guys are hanging out with us but anyway we're um you're getting settled down in knoxville right now have you had any luck finding a house nope not not yet no uh there's a lot of uh great houses out there but um i don't think by the time we can sell our place now that we can uh get one sold or gotcha. get buy one so gotcha uh for instagram live we're asking josh questions on a podcast so go ahead and shoot those over so shoot those questions over um are you looking forward to working out with rich possibly uh do you think that'll happen i i don't know i don't know i don't i don't know how often uh he has free time to 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 come up or come down i don't know where but um this is a funny story so rich froning comes and works out with us 2014 mm-hmm. and you and him pair up mm-hmm. it is partner 30 dubs yeah 30. 15 snatches yep i remember you working out with him I'm like all right let's see if this boy can actually hang with him it's like 20 20 minute am 20 minute am right and uh, uh shannon jones says rates just dropped so you might need to rethink buying and selling so um Anyway, you and Rich start out. Rich starts you all. Yeah, we he basically messes, went one and one. He messes up on his fifth double under. So, CrossFit Corey, we're asking questions to Josh on a live podcast. So go ahead and shoot one over to him. Uh, yeah, but I mean, just thinking back, like, were you nervous as all get out partnering with him? You know, I really think that I did have some sort of like butterflies just working out with the goat. But you um, you hung with him for like seven minutes. Yeah, I, I did, and then uh, he just kept going. Yeah, yeah that's, the, kept that's going. the thing. So for you got for you guys that have never seen these athletes in person, um, Corey says why, why? Um, if you've never seen these guys work out in person, Josh is just as athletic as them. It's just they never get tired. Yeah. Like, we've had Matt Hewitt come into town several yeah. times and work out with us. Several times, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm sure they get tired, but, like, they, they cope with being uncomfortable really well. Yeah. Their aerobic capacity is just uh, outrageous. So, it doesn't look like anybody's going to ask any questions. They're basically like Chris Rasnick and just ready for you to get the heck out of here yeah. from Thunder Valley. So Yeah. Just make sure the door doesn't shut your uh, touch your butt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but... No, we'll hop off here. Cool. Oh, wait. Josh it says, Josh is the fittest, just a little blank most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about LB. Okay. Yeah, uh, Let's talk about gosh. LB. So, Chris uh, Rasnick forever ago would start calling Josh LB. Yeah. Okay? If, I'm fine with you giving this episode an explicit rating. <laughs> yeah. I, what was it? I, I remember... Because I was lifted with uh, with Chris, and, and he was one of the uh, influences that, that helped me get stronger. Because um, I, w- I was always trying and lift whatever he lifted, even if I couldn't, I would always try. And um, I think I was going for like a PR or something like that, and he opened the window for me as far as him missing the lift. And I went in for it and uh, missed the lift, and he went back and hit it. And ever since then, he was like, kept calling me LB. And people were like, what, what's LB mean? He's like, well, it can mean anything you want. You can be a little boy. Um, 
little bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a lot of different things um, on that. So and it's kind of just stuck. He, the big much. guy was just upset that like you were on his tail uh, <laughs> when it came to strength. So yeah, it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. Well, dude, um, we did it. We went through this whole episode, which I knew that like we'd cry or at some point, but um, yeah, I, I I tried not to. I tried to think about other things because uh, <laughs> I knew that definitely talking about leaving Thunder Valley is definitely going to be um, very emotional part. And when he talked to me, like I think it was three or four weeks ago today, like we just in the kids' room here at the gym just like hugged and cried, and it was just um, yeah, I definitely wore my LB. Yeah, <laughs> I go out to Nate and I'm gonna have tears going down my face, and he's so young that he's not gonna ask me what's going on. And I was just like, I'm, I had a moment. So, dude, thank you for ten years. Yeah, thank, man. Thank you for being my friend and just always bringing a positive attitude to work and everything you've done. For sure. Thank you for the opportunity and, and becoming one of my brothers. Yeah, man. Well, listeners, uh, there's your in-depth analysis on what Josh is going to be doing in Knoxville. And uh, I'm going to keep the frequency of the podcast going, so y'all can expect uh, at least one episode a week, hopefully two. So uh, we'll be in touch with you soon, and thank you for listening.